well, this is Blonde Haired Girl. I want to talk about, um, I don't know, it just seems like this general idea in, I'm sorry, spirituality. I, I don't like that word, but I haven't found another word that I felt like um, described it. <laughs> But, so I use the word spirituality, or groups of spiritual people, is this idea that we completely and forevermore only have positive emotions and are able to come overcome every emotion that ever comes to us. <laughs> and that we somehow have, at some point, have complete and utter trust uh, in that which is not seen, and life is just glorious forevermore. Sort of like, you know, this idea of living in a heavenly state uh, in this 3D, quote-unquote, reality. Um, and not that I, I don't believe that we can live in a heavenly state, but I have to use that term because there is this huge conception that we pass from our body and then we go to this other place where there, in that place there are no emotions and, I mean, everything is all happy and bliss from here on out and forevermore, heaven this place. And so it kind of seems like we're all, you know, or people who are seeking enlightenment or seeking nirvana or seeking this state of bliss have this, this, this huge obstacle that is put in front of us with this, in some ways, bogus idea that it is all stagnant. And, and that you reach this, you know, somewhat orgasmic state and you stay in bliss continuously for here and forevermore. <laughs> and honestly, as somebody who was a seeker of enlightenment and somebody who studied it for many years, I, I really had this, this, a conceptualization that that is indeed how it would be because the people who had reached this state of enlightenment uh, kind of presented it that way, honestly. Like I never saw in any of their material how they ever really lost it. It was sort of like we get this filtered view these snapshots and this filtered view and we're not seeing the entire picture. And I feel like this is kind of an, a, an obstacle in a way to actually having the experience of enlightenment because of our beliefs about it. Our beliefs that it is hard, that it is... And then if we ever have emotions that are seemingly negative 
well, I must not be enlightened. This going back to, well, I must not be enlightened. I must not, you know. Uh, and first and foremost, it it is a state of grace. It's state of it's a state of grace that is actually accepted by us. That we are aspects of the divine. We are aspects of the source of everything that is. And resting in that source, there is this understanding of the the absolute, the absolute love, continuous love, continuous generosity, continuous of that source. However, (laughs) I don't think that human emotions like go away. And I don't know that they're actually intended to, you know, like some people like talk about, you know, the death of the ego. There's a lot of circles, kind of psychological, spiritual, that word again, uh, circles who would talk about the ego as like this really bad thing. And whenever we, whenever we, put ourselves against something, it just sort of gets bigger. And so I, I, I see the ego and it, and my ego, I can, it comes up and I can feel it. I can see it. I can look at it. I observe it. I'm like, oh yeah, there it is again. And it's it's actually a necessary part of ourselves for survival. I believe that we are created so wonderfully and our ego, you know, in a primal state would would fight for our survival. But we it comes up and I notice that when it comes up for me, it is generally something about fear, my fear of all kinds of things like, or my fear of unlovability, my fear of being homeless, my fear of uh, just all kinds of things. It, you know, fear is what is driving that competitive nature to me, it feels very competitive, you know, uh, and so I have, and so I just sort of look at it and I'm, I'm easy with it and it pretty quickly just kind of goes away. Uh, just looking at it and seeing it for what it is and, oh, there you are again. Okay. Uh, but what I notice is, is that um, there are some emotions that are really uh, kind of frowned upon in spiritual communities, it seems like, more than others. And I'm, 
I'm going to talk right now about the feeling of anger. Uh, something had happened in my workspace recently with a client and it, it was not a pleasant experience for me and I keep second guessing how I reacted to it. I didn't, um, it wasn't like I yelled or I, I really got really angry, angry per se, but I did have a reaction because this person was basically talking crap about the the agency I work for and my coworker and I I wasn't happy about what this person was saying and uh and at one point I I said point blank I'm not going to be talked to like this so what I did was I I perceived, I perceived the language, the tone, the body language, everything of this person extremely assertively, almost to aggressive behavior. And I just put up a boundary and I, I don't even think I was there for 30 more seconds before I said, okay, I'm going to leave now. Um, so I took myself out of the situation and, um, and then it's just sort of been going on cause you know, that happened on Friday and then Monday came and Tuesday came and now it's Wednesday. And I'm, I, last night I had gotten an email or a text message from my coworker and I, and then I didn't sleep as well. I was like, uh, this situation has kind of upset my sleep. And so I'm I'm sort of dissecting that cuz that's kind of what I do and that's what I this is what I enjoy about life. <laughs> One of the things I enjoy about life is dissecting a situation like when you're in it. Okay, so this this thing happened on Friday. And you know, okay, so then I looked at it and I'm like, okay, did I did I how did I bring that into my experience? Uh and I was like, I was in a great mood before I went to this person's house. I had, I had been actually sitting in a, <laughs> in a parking lot by pirating um, Starbucks, although I did go in and buy a drink and a snack. So I was pirating their Wi-Fi. So I'm sitting and I'm working and I got my computer open and, and, uh, and I'm like, I'm, pretty happy. So I go and I walk in like I always had and I was I was you know in a really good mood and I don't know she was pretty much loaded for bear. She was very upset. Uh I guess it could have been a lot worse than it was. Uh and then you know I'm dissecting how I handled it. I guess I could have in some ways been nicer. But I'm not entirely sure that that was the best course of action because I was I was mirroring her back to herself. I was sort of matching her, uh, her aggressiveness, like I, I, to to some degree, 
Um, and then I, I had left and then I had, um, and then I'm like, what did I do? Did I contribute to this in any way? Did I contribute to this conversation and the, and the, the delving or the bad nature of this conversation? You know, so I'm looking at all of it and then, um, I'm talking over with my supervisor and, you know, and then somebody, you know, the people that needed to know about this and, you know, and wanting to better myself. Okay, how could I do things differently next time? And then it goes to a bigger thing because my ultimate goal is, is enlightenment, living in an enlightened state. And so, and so how does an enlightened person do when they bump up against, when they bump up to, not necessarily against, but when they bump up to a resistant person who injects a lot of negativity into a situation, like, because we're always going to have that to one degree or another. I mean, I'm not even entirely sure we wouldn't, even if we were a monk in Tibet, because we would have fellow monks, and it's almost guaranteed that we're not always going to get along with each other. There, you know, there's going to be times where we bump heads, um, <clears throat> most probably with someone <laughs> at some point. <laughs> just being out in the world. I'm sorry, but it's just so true. I mean, even in traffic, you know, you're just like, oh my gosh, the other day, or it could have been yesterday. It felt like I hit every red light I could on the way to something. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I hit every red light. It was just, and there was so much traffic and I just, oh gosh. Um, but so the the general um spiritual community seems to have this idea some kind of idea that when you become more advanced spiritually and i don't really i these terms are just kind of weird to me i because i think that we have to be incredibly careful of spiritual and I had said spiritual pride and somebody had said spiritual arrogance we have to be very very careful of spiritual arrogance and and ourselves you know like it's a competition you know like it's a competition to to be more spiritually advanced than another person it's it, it's I, I don't know how to describe this exactly and i and i've actually had this quite a bit recently i i've because i've been i've been attempting to for lack of a better term manifest different people in my life like uh and so i had I had run into somebody that I really feel like we had the potential to have a lot in common. But 
upon first meeting her, there were there were several things that she had said that really uh, took me back. Like if I said the word God, it was very off- like offending to her because she doesn't believe in, you know, so her first words out of her mouth were what God. And, um, and then I said something about Jesus and he's, she said, well, you know, he never lived. Jesus never lived or he, he never died on the cross. He, he, she gave some other version of, of his life. If she even thinks he was ever lived. Um, and she said something of the nature that I was, I was, maybe living around the fourth dimension and she was in the fifth. So she, she perceived herself to be a higher, higher, um, level of spirituality than me. And if I hung out with her, that I too would reach her level of spirituality. And I had made some suggestions. Like I had, I told her that if there are infinite possibilities, infinite dimensionalities, infinite um, timelines, then perhaps there were timelines where Jesus didn't die on the cross. And that seemed to kind of, I'm not entirely sure. It felt like that, you know, I, but I, and here's the other thing that I find is that I cannot really get a word at an edgewise there is a real closed-mindedness and a real idea of rightness and and I've talked you know ridiculous amounts of the fact that the truth is a really weird thing and rightness is a really weird thing and so I I firmly, like, I really, really try to not compare myself to anyone ever. And I also am not keen on being compared. And so, (laughs) and so it's sort of like presenting like it's a race. And so, you know, and if somebody gets angry, loses it, has a adult temper tantrum, somehow they are have fallen from grace and they are not enlightened. They are living in the third D, the third dimension, which is now a bad thing. I find that actually what I'm learning is that my my topic, my area is just saturated. And I don't know if it's because the algorithm knows that this is my interest. So it just keeps bringing me more and more and more and more on these topics. But I am finding that I it's just a saturated market. And I think that it's really challenging to be able to see people who are who are like I don't know to maybe resonate with 
so, um, so going back to, you have these enlightened beings and we see snapshots of them, but we don't see them all the time. And so sometimes I just think that it is useful to know that, that we have emotions and the human experience is just a a spectrum of emotions and like like i'm just giving an example of babies they're so i absolutely love babies some people are kind of afraid of them but <laughs> i absolutely love them and one of the things about babies is they they move through emotions pretty quickly and easily, a lot of them, where they, you know, they get fed and they feel better and they're happy and um, something hurts, but they, it doesn't, you know, they cry for a minute and then they move on, they forget about it, move on. They're just sort of flowing. And, and they're so raw and in the moment. And like even young children, like if you look at one, two-year-olds, you know, like they're looking at you and they're, they're just, one minute they're laughing, the next minute they're crying, the next minute they're, you know, they, they, their emotions are just so out there and they don't have this filter. They haven't been socialized the way a lot of us have been that you're not supposed to feel that way. You're not supposed to be mad. You're not supposed to feel jealousy. You're not supposed to uh, feel competitive at times. You're not supposed to, the not supposed does. And so one of the things that I say in my own personal practice and to my friends is so what? It's like, so what? So what if you had a weak moment? It's like, you just get back up. So what if you got mad? So what if you didn't handle that perfectly? You'll try next time. Or if you get the opportunity, you'll apologize. Um, so what if you get upset in traffic because you know, you're hitting every red light. It's like, it's really, I think that it's really challenging because every situation is slightly different. I always love it when people ask me that question. They, well, what would you do differently next time? I always love that. And the first thing I was like, you know, and I think about that and I'm not entirely really sure. Like, I'm not sure I would have to think about that. I don't know what I would do differently because I did what I did in that situation. Um, but I guess on Friday I had a situation what, which was like situations that I've had before. And... <clears throat> I feel like my reaction to it was kind of a medium reaction. 
I don't feel like I overreacted. I don't really feel like I underreacted. I'm not entirely entirely sure I reacted perfectly. Uh, I'm not entirely sure exactly how I'm supposed to to react. Um, but the fact that it is affecting my sleep and I'm still talking about it later, I mean, it hasn't been completely resolved. So uh, shows that something is just amiss for me. And one of the things that I think comes up for me, and I can't be alone in this, is the same kind of thing that happens with other people as well. And that is that what she said was different than what I believe to be a more accurate truth. So what she was saying, I didn't agree with her truth on on what she was actually saying and continues to say. And I find that a lot of times that is the angst for me. That somebody is saying something like, even say about me that that I disagree with and I and I don't know at the moment that that's what's happening but when I really think about it a lot of times it's like that's not a true st- what you're saying about the situation is not the full truth about it and I may not have the whole truth about it, but one of the things is that people believe that their truth is the truth. And so, and so I guess maybe my angst is that they, they are saying that their truth is the truth and that my truth isn't the truth. And I, and I think that that would be actually true about these new friends that I have tried to be friends with as well, because they believe that their truth is the truth. So if I present with anything different than what they believe to be the truth, they can't, they cannot entertain thoughts that do not align with what they believe to be true which is which is pretty synonymous with like a fundamentalist christian you know fundamentalist christians believe that their truth is the truth the people who are who stormed the capitol in january believed that their truth was the truth And so I think that actually having an understanding of what the angst is for me is really, really helpful to be able to see, okay, this is why this is bothering me is because she said something that was not true about 
the organization I work for, my coworker, and myself. In my opinion. Um, and so I was, it was sort of like somebody saying the sky is green and I'm, and, and I'm, maybe I'm saying the sky is red, you know, but the sky is not green. <laughs> anyway, a whole lot about nothing, right? But anyway, it does beg the question, like, what do these quote-unquote enlightened people, what are they like all the time? Do they never get mad? I mean, the Bible, you know, I go to the Bible that I don't necessarily believe in a literal literal interpretation. But here's the two things Jesus said was said to say to get angry at the temple because they were selling, I don't know, he was just angry and he start he made a big scene. He actually like knocked some tables over. So he not only was angry, he had a show of anger. He had like a temper tantrum. And then of course, you know, on the cross and asking why why have you forsaken me? Saying to God, why have you forsaken me? Having a moment where he was having a hard time with the actual truth of what was happening to him in that moment. Perhaps he didn't really want to be tortured on a cross and die right in that moment. And so, and so, not that he didn't have belief in God, but he, you know, sometimes our quote-unquote physical reality does not look the way that we would like it to. And I think that it is completely human to have a moment and say, things are not as I would like, as I ask you for them to be, saying we, us asking the divine, asking source. And why, why has this not, this thing that I asked for not come into my physical reality? I think that a lot of times it really is the human condition. You know, my friend um, has been going through the, she's been going through a lot recently and she's been, you know, well, maybe I need to see a counselor, which kind of cracks me up because, you know, but anyway, and then it's like, and then she's like, maybe I'm mentally ill and I'm, <laughs> you know, this rampant mental illness you know, accept mental illness and all of this. And it's not that I'm trying to shame anyone. However, I really believe it is the human condition. We are conditioned. We are socialized into that some emotions are good and some emotions are bad. And you are good when you're this way and you are bad when you are that way. And that all of these emotions are not legitimate. It's just something. So it makes me wonder, you know, what what the Buddha was really like. Or what Sadhguru, I think about Sadhguru sometimes. He's somebody that I had, I had really admired for a period of time. I don't know him well. Uh, I've seen quite a few of his works and he seems like a a jolly person, does he ever get mad? 
I'm just, I was just curious. I don't know. Maybe I need to, um, maybe I need to look up one of his YouTubes on that. See what he thinks about anger. It just seems to be that some, some emotions are generally frowned upon. (laughs) But anyway, just putting it out there, my friends. I will be back with other ideas. And that's a wrap.